Worf, leader of the Empire. Worf, 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 Worf. Wait, Worf, hear me. Worf, hear me. What I have done was for the Empire. A new day must dawn for our people. I am not the man to usher in that day. But there is a man here who can. It is January 25th. Had to look, Steve. Not a good sign for me. Mentally. Why? I don't know. I didn't remember what day it was. Oh, 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 oh okay. Got it, got it, got it. <clears throat> so, so other than being I'm the geriatric forgetful yeah. old person <laughs> in Geistown, the geriatric forgetful old person in Bedford there on the other end yeah. of the call. Yeah, well, I'm Steve in southern Bedford County watching all the global warming melting as uh, all the snow is leaving us for a while. So um, We have, like, very little up here now. No, I got. I still got. Well, the fields are coming back, and you can begin to see the grass or the mud underneath the snow. We got lots of snow up here still. Yeah, still melting off. Yep, piles mm. and stuff. But in a lot of places mm. where it just was the ground, just nothing mm. got. T- it just yeah, yeah, a lot of it's gone already. Yeah, nope, not down here. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, I remember watching that episode of Star Trek, that one in particular. Really? No, oh, yeah, that one I know. Yeah, the Next Generation. No. No, wait a minute. That's not from the next generation. Oh, then I have I'm my episode. I'm gonna drag your bony butt the whole way through Deep Space Nine. If it's gonna kill me. Oh, it's Deep Space. Oh, okay. And now I have not watched Deep Space. I know. That's why I'm gonna drag you. If it... <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty. What's up, Matt? Not much. How are you, Steve? A uh, little, little tired. I had to go to physical therapy today, so you know, get my two hips worked out really well, and. um they worked me pretty pretty hard, full full hour, and uh, so I'm a little whipped. So I'm like a like a wet noodle right now, <laughs> kind of uh, limp. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's anyway. that's what they got to do. Oh yeah. How long does yeah. therapy go to? How long do you have to do it? Um, until basically either they say there's nothing else they can do, or I say I've had enough. So I'm going to go basically through all of well, the rest of this month, which is what next week. And then all February, yeah. and then by March they uh, they're figuring that everything will be back to normal. Then it'll be December, January. It'll be three months post surgery come March. Yeah, knowing knowing mm-hmm. you, the I've had enough part will never enter into the equation. Yeah, well, like today they um, <clears throat> the the physical therapist was working with me, and she said, okay. She said, um, we can do 10 or if you feel like it, 15 of these, this particular exercise. I said, well, how many, how many sets do you want? She said, well, three, if you can do it. So she goes over to work with somebody else. She comes back to me like five minutes later. And she says, well, how far are you? I was like, I've done all three sets. She says, how many did you do? I said, 15. And she goes, and that didn't bother you? I was like, no. And she goes, oh, she goes, Okay, she's. I, I'm not used to that. So she's just kind of like shook her head. So then she would say, "Okay, I want you to do four sets of this one or three sets of this one, and do twenty if you can." 
she came back and she said, you did four sets there and you did 20, didn't you? And I was like, yep. She was okay. I'm going to stop giving you if you can just tell you what to do. I said, yeah. I said, because if you tell me whatever the max number is, I said, I'm going to do the max just to prove to you that I can do the max. So she said, oh, it's going to take me a little while to get used to that. Well, of course. So, <clears throat> of course. I mean, that's what I, uh, yeah. what I did the same thing after my surgery. Yeah. yeah I, I just want to get back to, I just want to get back to normal where I'm walking without pain and everything like that. Yeah. You know, and like they had me do this one particular exercise that's supposed to be stretching, you know, just like straddling your legs. And um, they had me walking like a crab going down this this path that they had, you know, with a certain amount of width, the steps you should take. And I was doing that back and forth. And the guy said, and the, the, another physical therapist said, would that bother you? I said, no. He goes, huh, I thought that would have bothered you. And I said, understand when I'm with my horses and I'm picking up the 40 pound bales of hay off the hay, out of the hay mound, I'm walking that way with the bales of hay to throw them up onto the um, ATV. And he goes, oh. I didn't realize it's a, you're, you're doing the hay already. I said, I've been working with the horses since two weeks after I got out of surgery. I said, yeah. So yeah, I'm back to you know, doing things. So they're having to, they're having to amp up their uh, physical therapy requirements to match where I am already. Well, that makes expect, perfect maybe. sense. A lot of the people I'm sure they see are the traditional folks who aren't outside a whole lot, sitting sedentary, <clears throat> yeah. sedentary lifestyle, office jobs mm -hmm. and stuff. And also are yeah. insane like you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I got yelled at for running up and down the steps. Um, they said, you know, you're supposed to walk up the steps and walk down the steps. So after the first set of walking up the steps, I was like, this is too slow. So I ran up the steps and ran down the steps and I was uh, reprimanded for doing that. Yeah. I can see yeah, that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do we got to talk about today? I've been thinking since we've had the first and what potentially could be the only two interesting primaries this election cycle. Because when you look at it, um, Nevada's already done. Mm -hmm. And then um, you start getting into the, the states that there's just, it's going to be done. But mm -hmm. I started thinking about the issue that we could uh, might make it more interesting is the concept of ballot access and how we are stuck in this duopoly of one team, other team kind of things. And I started looking at Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is interesting. Do you know what? Well. You and I both know, because we lived through it, what we had to do to get on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you know what you have to do to get on the ballot if you're not a major party? So if you're an independent or if you're a green party or something um, like that, is that what you mean? Yeah. Here's, the, here's okay. what it comes down to. As a result of a, this is, I'm reading right from the Department of State page. As a result of a federal district court order, the Secretary of the Commonwealth is not enforcing two, uh, two percent, the, the two percent calculation contained in Section 951B of Pennsylvania Election Code. For nominations, papers filed by the Constitution Party, the Green Party, and the Libertarian Party. Rather, <clears throat> candidates for all statewide offices must gather 
2,500 signatures except for the office of President of the United States, state senator, or United States Senator or Governor, which require 5,000 signatures. Okay. So you need that. If it is a local type of thing, situation. So I'm running for school board commissioner. Okay. Um, it then is 2% of the highest vote getter in the last office, last person elected in that district, but cannot be less than the number that you would need for the petitions of a major party. So at the local level, you needed, because you never did local politics. Well, I ran for a state rep. No, I mean, I mean like township borough. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I no. never did anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the world no. I lived in for a chunk of it. Mm-hmm. It was, to be on the ballot in the primary as a major party was 10 signatures. Okay. So what they're saying is you need 2%. But it can't not it cannot be less than ten signatures. Say say for a borough. So okay. if, the, if 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 five people came out and voted last time, it's not two percent of five. It still has to be ten right. signatures. Oh, yeah. That is under somewhat decent. But when you start talking in Pennsylvania, part of this is the court ruling. As more and more people challenge these things, saying, wait, why is the state... Oh, no, no. Let's put it this way. The question is, why is... I was going to ask is, why does the state have it set this way? Well, we can talk about that. It's basically who's making the rules. But the question then becomes, is that actually a fair way to make the rules? We know who makes the rules for ballot access. The legislature sets camp or, or, or elected law. So they look and say, how many parties do we have? Let's go. Do we hmm. want to add somebody else? How many parties are there? Two. Do we want to invite someone else to this party? No. Well, let's make it as hard as possible. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm gonna. Is it still since you've got all the the rules in front of you? Is it still if you're an independent, you're not a Republican, you're not a Democrat in Pennsylvania? Can you? Are you still? You still cannot vote in the uh, primary. Correct. You cannot vote in the primary. All right, so that's so we still have that draconian rule in place. I don't actually. I'm or, gonna. Or I archaic, think archaic. It's archaic, yeah. but yeah, I yeah, actually archaic, don't have archaic. a problem with it. And here, here's why I would argue that it's completely okay to have a closed primary. The issue that I think, and this is going to be the hair you and I split, and I think we're going to end up agreeing, is the concept of I am perfectly fine with a closed primary. A party, Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Greens, whoever, 
should have the right to nominate their own candidate that they want to put forth. The difference being our system is effectively built to ensure that there is no other candidate option other than those two. I don't I don't mind a closed primary. I mind a closed system. I'd rather have a primary that everyone goes out and there's 13 or 15 or 30 parties having closed primaries. And at the end of the day, your general election ballot is here's 15 names. Every party has picked their own person. But the general election is amongst the candidates each individual group has put forward, not just two groups. Well, I see what you're saying. No, but my, my, I guess my better question is, is, let's say I decided to run for state, state senator. I'm going, to cha- I'm going to challenge Wayne Langerholic, who's our current state yeah. senator. But I don't want to run as a Republican, and I don't want to run as a Democrat. I'm going to run as an independent. Okay. So I have to go out and get... So right now... Yeah, you can go out and... um... Excluded from voting. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You, you You had a hiccup. Oh yeah. So let's go yeah, back. Go back to okay. go back to. <clears throat> say I decide to run against Wayne. So I'm going to run. So I'm going to run as an independent against Wayne Langerhol, the current state senator for our area, and whoever the who and since he's a Republican, whoever the Democrat is going to be, they're going to, they're going to put up to try to challenge him, and I'm saying, well, I'm going to challenge for the seat too as an independent. Yes. So within Pennsylvania, the way the rules are written, one. How many signatures do I need of, I guess, of independence? And two... I think it's any voter. Any voter. Okay. And then two, if if you're not registered as a Republican or a Democrat and you can't vote in the primary, how does an independent run in the primary? Independent doesn't have to run in a primary. An independent has to get the number of signatures and and I have some question is is when how the language is written is it mm-hmm. the la- it says in the electoral district of the last election is that for the last time the election occurred so so in our example here do you end up having to get signatures totaling 2% of the total number of people that would have voted for Senator Langerholk four years ago, or the total number of the highest vote getter in the Senate district last year, which I don't think that's the way it is. I, I think it's I think it's I that know. office. So you look at his vote total from four years ago. Mm-hmm. Say it's a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. You need to get 2,000 signatures. Then you're okay. on the ballot as an independent. You don't have a primary to do it. Many independents could go and say, 
I got my 2,000 signatures, put me on the ballot. Hmm. The problem okay. is, uh, without, and even that, while 2% doesn't sound a lot, if it is 100,000 people who voted for a seat, mm-hmm. which is possible, yeah. you end up having to find a way to get 2,000 signatures by yourself or find you don't have that infrastructure of a party mm-hmm. to help you do right. it. Yeah. You don't have the machine helping you. Exactly. So even though 2%, Oh, it's 2%. How bad can that be? It's actually a pretty decent threshold when you say, Hey, I'm just a person out here that thinks I have a great idea and I want to say my piece and try to win this election. Mm-hmm. So the system's stacked against you if you're not a Republican or a Democrat in yes. Pennsylvania, period. Well, and it's not just Pennsylvania. It's pretty much every state. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual, the, one of the easiest is Louisiana. Because you can either pay, just pay a fee and get on the ballot or do signatures. And you can be on the ballot for president for a fee of 500 bucks. <laughs> well, pretty much like politics is anyway, pay to play. Yeah. So let's simplify it. Some of them are, are more, are more certainly much bigger. In California, for example, um, you need potentially, you could up potentially up to 2% of the entire vote of the state. Hmm. California It'd also requires you to number. publicly release all your tax returns for five years. Yeah. But, so there's different levels of state. What's interesting about it from this year's perspective is because most times it's just crazy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There was a... Uh, in this year's, in Tuesday's New Hampshire race, the big comp- uh, issue was um, Biden couldn't be on the ballot. I think we've talked a little bit about in previous episodes how he had promised South Carolina the ability to go first. Mm-hmm. So oh, didn't yeah. campaign yeah. didn't wasn't on the ballot in New Hampshire. But had a shadow campaign going. I'm mm-hmm. not. How was it? Is basically I can't campaign. I'm not campaigning. South Carolina's first. There just happens to be a whole lot of famous people and administrative types from my administration who just happen to have a lot of news to release in New Hampshire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and he won by write-in. Um. <laughs> But we actually have a candidate in Kennedy who's trying to do the 50-state write-in in, in for the nationwide election mm-hmm. as an independent. So now these rules become a lot more interesting, and, to, and it's, it's a test to see how complicated they really are. One thing I'd encourage everyone to keep an eye on with it is as we continue down this party and, and this talk of because it started already both sides 
campaign ads, online stuff, interviews. What's at stake in November? The future of democracy is at the, on the ballot, right? Yeah, I don't know who's yeah, I don't know who's democracy they're talking about because we're not a democracy. But you know what? We'll just we'll just go with the. You rhetoric. know what we have to do to protect the future of our democracy? To make sure it's really hard to, yeah. for Robert Kennedy yeah. to to get on the ballot. Really, I thought it was just make sure Trump never doesn't. Show well, that up or too, anything. but it, yeah. it's it's the same concept of, you know, the future of democracy has to be protected as long as it's only these two parties and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, protect their own, not protect. First of all, we're not a democracy. No, as a nation, but. We're a republic, but we won't, we won't, you know, try to educate the dumb people who don't know that. I'm not gonna, I'm not in the mood to today. My chance, um, my guess is most of the people who are gonna be listening to this show, I have uh-huh. un, that basic understanding. Well, yeah, which I'm is nice. So. Yeah, that, are, that our listeners actually know the difference of... with, that we are a republic and not a democracy. Yeah, talk about all the other idiots. Anyway, um, yeah, I well, you know, it's interesting. You as we're talking about this is. And I think it was George Washington who was against a um, a two party system for politics. That he he believed that it should only be there shouldn't be a party. It should be you're an American, and if you want to run for the president or want for whatever, you just you know get yourself out there. You get your signatures, and you know they didn't have all these rules in place back then. But you you weren't a Republican or a Democrat, or back then it was the Whigs and the Tories. Back in Washington's day, I believe that's that was the parties that they had: Whigs, yeah, W H I G S, and Tories. Um, but he didn't believe in that. He he thought that that was a bad thing to do for politics because it's so it would so um, polarize people. He thought should, there shouldn't you shouldn't have parties. It should just be your Americans running for office. Washington, uh, his the terms he used was. Um place the interest of the nation over political and religion regional uh, political and regional affiliations yeah yeah They're much more eloquent about it than i would just was but yeah we shouldn't have this but the, but the system is what we have now and it's and the democrats and republicans are protecting themselves and like you said they want to have a party but only they only invite themselves nobody else is invited yes yeah. Just completely, completely. I just think it's it's the 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 system. If I had to redesign it, it would be, it'd be very similar to that concept that I'd laid out earlier. Is a base number of signatures, and I'm talking honestly the ten. If you if you have ten people that'll say, "Yep, I'll sign your thing," mm-hmm. good enough for me. Then you can decide, because I think honestly, I think it eliminates the independence by doing it this way. Because instead of being independent, you actually start grouping together in parties based on the things that you are interested in. And care about. So you have a party that is a, a coalition of people that are are maybe the the that are mostly about gun 
Right. And you kind of group on that issue. Or economic issues. Or foreign involvement issues. Or on down the lines. And you don't, you actually end up fracturing a lot of this giant monolithic party structure, which Mm. honestly hasn't been a thing all the time anyway. Technology, news media, and so forth, since it it since basically the sixties, has kind of smushed all these parties into one big, one big Republican party, one big Democratic party, and that's it. Yeah, and they're both pissed off at each other, and nobody yeah. would do anything. But that we aren't that far away from the from years gone back past, where both of those parties were very different internally. And had to deal with that and reflect and handle that. You didn't just have that, let me have a picture of a stereotypical Republican, a stereotypical Democrat that had to fit that mold. You had, you had fiscal Republicans, religious Republicans, Southern Republicans, were very different, different areas, different focuses, now they've just been kind of all squished together. Mm-hmm. Same thing on the Democratic side. If it was a lot easier from a threshold standpoint, I think you would have a fracturing of those major parties, and a lot of independents would end up in affiliated with an organization of things that they believed in. <laughs> and maybe you are only 5% of the electorate. Hey, these are this is five percent of the people that are working for things that I actually believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if so, if you get that signature, and <coughs> excuse me, you get in get into the um, the party. As far as not like a political party, um, but I mean, like you're actually good to go. We're here mm-hmm. to party. Get on a primary ballot. Or set a realistic number of what the average person could expect to get signature-wise, not 2% of 100,000 people or whatever. Right. Yeah. And say, great, here you go. Here's a go in to a voting booth in November, and here's a list of 25 people running for Senate. And then, yeah, you as a voter pick the one that you want. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But it's never going to happen. Not with the way the system's set up now. I don't think. I don't think. It might. Yeah. And and here's here's why I would say that is as more and more people separate from parties. that is less and less influence, i.e. money coming into the party, that matters. So if you if a third or more of the electorate, say in Pennsylvania, is is third party or independent, mm-hmm. 
Everything that happens in a primary doesn't matter to them. Doesn't mean they're not... So now they're all over the place. We hear it all the time. Who's going to pick up independence? That's the swing constituent vote because you don't know Mm -hmm. which way they're going to break. That has continued to grow year over year over year. As more people reject it, we could very well get to a point where we do have that two-party system, but it's just two people standing in a room yelling at each other while the rest of us said, nope, bye. You guys just sit sit there, yell at each other in that that room together. The rest of us are going to go over here and do something else. Yeah. Huh. Well, it'd be nice to see that. I'm not uh, gonna hold my breath. Oh, it's not like a next week kind of thing. Yeah, no, or the next, or or no, by November, this November, certainly not. But um, a catalyst, uh, all it takes is one of those things. You look back. There's always been that conversation since the early '90s. Is when's that next great leap forward mm-hmm. for this kind of this independent option after Ross Perot? And yeah. this year potentially has that opportunity with Kennedy. Yeah, it should prove interesting. Now, what are you going to do? And and add into that where you had Perot against a traditional Republican in Bush and a fairly positively thought out thought about. Democrat in Clinton. Remember, this was this was Premier Bill Clinton, not today Bill Clinton. Yeah, right. And Ross Perot still did decent. Mm-hmm. Kennedy touts it all the time, but if you look at the polls, it's right. His likability compared to Trump or Biden is mm-hmm. greatly a much greater number than either of them. He's managed to get on a stage or at least have a conversation on a national level. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he wins, but it does mean that the people who say, wait a minute, this might actually be a thing. Mm-hmm. Who's not? So if Perot opens the, opened the door for Kennedy, who could Kennedy, if he's successful enough to take it further, who does that open for in eight years, 12 years? Or, you know. Right. Especially because the longer you go, I think the ground gets better as more and more Mm -hmm. people walk away and say, I don't want to deal with the party crap. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I don't don't think, I think the way that the two parties are set up, as well as the media, because the media is against Kennedy, that they're going to do everything they can to mitigate him and keep him off of a stage with um, Biden and Trump. I would be genuinely surprised if if Kennedy, Biden, and Trump were on a stage together in a debate. That that would that would be one that I would actually sit and watch. I I would be extremely surprised as well, but that goes back to mm-hmm. I think our prediction episode we did the end of last year. I'm still maintaining mm-hmm. there's not going to be debates. Oh yeah, you're saying there's no there's going to be no debates. Yeah. Yeah. But I would but I would, if I was saying that even if there were debates Let's say there were let's say there were three presidential debates were were, were scheduled mm-hmm. that the Democrats and the Republicans and the media the way they sit today 
would all work together to make sure that Kennedy would not be on that stage. Agreed. Yeah. They're against. And, and it would be, it'd be interesting to see the impact considering that those are groups, the two parties and media whose influence mm-hmm. is never been weaker than it is today. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The media is completely on it. I trust a used car salesman before I trust a news anchor. And where do, where do people, and we're going to, now I'm going to channel my own Adam in, internal Adam Curry here. Where are people going to, to listen about stuff to hear us? Yeah. Podcast podcasting. Yeah. What's Kennedy doing? He's doing a, Honestly, I bet if we set it out a request, I bet we could probably get him on this show. At this, <laughs> That'd be you know, Because he's hitting everything yeah. because people are listening to it. Right. They're not tuning into MSNBC or Fox News anymore. Or CNN. Or, or reading. Like yeah. Geez, the newspapers are barely. The fact that we still have a newspaper in this town astonishes me to no end. That it has yeah. financially exists. Yeah. Let alone any <laughs> of the issues we've kind of had fun with about the. <laughs> accidental journalism we do um yeah but that just from a financial standpoint mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's the right potential ground for something to grow if not now potentially in the future it may be one of those years, things yeah. where kennedy's 20 years too early well well well, well perot and, kicked open a door yeah you know, and now 20 years, what? 30 years later, 30 years later, Kennedy's now, you know, taking the door frame off and maybe it won't be as long. But now the next person will come into the, that won't be a, a Democrat or Republican will have a better chance of actually being on a national stage yeah. and getting a good run at it. You know? It's also going to be because I'm trying to figure out and I'd be curious to see the statistics and take an estimate and then figure never remember in 10 years to take a look and see if we were right is party affiliation due to upbringing do mm-hmm. you fall you know because typically children will fall in line with what their parents are or yeah. against yeah, depending on yeah, what attitude they had right there's never been a third option what do yeah. if do children of independent voters grow up to be party followers? Hmm. Don't know. I don't know either. Here's, but my yeah. guess would be no. Yeah, I would say no too. So are they generally generationally are is party politics baseball? That at a certain point generationally, people are just gonna be like, What's baseball? Hmm. Maybe. Find out in 40 years because a generation is about a 40 year time span. Make a note. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't be around 40 years. An episode. <laughs> I would not be a hundred plus. It's going to be a really I'll great be, podcast. Be I'll, be, I'll be tickled. No, it'll be, be fantastic. Steve. No, no, no. It'll be fine. I'll still, I'll still be doing the show because my intention is never <laughs> to die. But um, <laughs> if you decide yeah, that's it and you doubt old age gets you. Yeah. You just gotta hang in like two more years, and then I can AI you. Yeah, yeah, and, we can do that. And then, or I'll you just know. keep, or I'll just keep getting replacement parts, so I do become a freaking robot. Become, be, become the, become my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, see, this is perfect. Either way, uh, but yeah. um, I think it's a, uh, 
it just had me thinking the last couple, especially because we had to work the permutations on on what was going on in New Hampshire on the Biden side because you had to do the write-in and kind of the mm. history behind that. And I thought it was funny. Um, you had to go past the guy who's who's lo- locally known for the guy who wears a boot on his head who mm. got on the ballot in New Hampshire because it's. I think New Hampshire is also just a filing fee. Oh, really? So huh. you had to go down the list, past the guy who you knew wears a boot around the ha- walking around town as a hat, and then right in Joe Biden. Jeez. Oh, Politics is interesting. Yeah. The, the logistical yep. structure of it, for sure. I also would like to have, at some point, a longer conversation if we're going to completely fix the government. I would like the State of the Union to become Prime Minister Question Hour. Oh, that would be interesting. You've seen Prime Minister... I'm assuming you've seen Question Hour? Yeah. On, yeah. Just, yeah. I just want at some random point where the I don't care what party or whatever just some the president sitting there talking about you know when we worked to bring down inflation I helped lead the team and no you're full of crap some backbench right. like some some <laughs> no-name congressman from Wyoming or something just like right. you're full of crap <laughs> you're, you're lying oh brother oh and then All do right. it every week hmm yeah well you know before before the state of the union was became the state of the union we know of did you know the presidents never used to do a state of the union that we how they come in and do all the talking it used to just be a a letter that was delivered yeah. to the congress and that was it and then somebody decided to turn it into a show yeah it was uh, it's i, I was... think the constitutional language it's from time to time we'll report on conditions or i forget the yeah it's just like give a report yeah report on what's That's going all it on. used to be and then somebody figured out how to make it into a big show. Well, it, this one gets even it. better this year because when's the State of the Union? January, right? Yep. Did you see it yeah. this month? So what? Did you see it this month? State of the Union? Yeah. Can't be. It's in January. Yeah. January's almost over. Oh, crap. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hang on a second. Yeah, you're right. January of this. Yeah. That's, yeah, we're in January. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to excuse me. I have been very distracted with getting new new hips put in. I've lost track of time completely. So yeah, it is January. It's January twenty uh, fifth. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no State of the Union. Usually, it's in the winter. Point. Yeah. And it's they, on. Yeah, it's in yeah. March. It's on March seventh this year. Wow. Huh. I wonder why that particular day. I'm looking. I don't know. Hmm. No. Hmm. Uh, March 7th will be the State of the Union. Well, I guess they got to jack up Joe to get him ready for yeah. that time. They got to start priming him now to get him all juiced up. And apparently, at one point, it could have been in the summer of 24. Yeah. So it's it's like it's a staged event. Oh yeah, it's just a big show. Which, by the way, anybody, it's my State of the Union theory that I can prove why always moving forward on things is better. When anyone says, "Boy, the good old days were nice," 
go back and sit and try to watch TV on the State of the Union at night when you had three channels over the air. Yeah, I know. That's the way we used to watch it. Yep. And if you didn't want to listen to Jimmy Carter talk about whatever, too bad. Yeah. Or Nixon or Ford or Kennedy. This cable wouldn't have really kicked in until Reagan. Yeah, Reagan, Reagan, Reagan came in in 80. Yeah, so cable was just getting around if you could afford it. And HBO was the big thing. Yeah. Home box office. Yeah, that was quite the thing. Yeah, anyway. Well, Steve. All right. There we go. We solved the electoral yeah. crisis. Done. Let's <laughs> take well, tomorrow off. <laughs> let's say we've made predictions that in 20 more years, hopefully in 20 years, we'll actually have a third option when it comes to voting for somebody for the president that could actually get on the stage like Perot did. Yeah. Perot was entertaining. I watched, I watched those. He, he was, was entertaining smart. on there. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't dumb at all. There's a yeah. great quote and you talk about it. Um, the debate, I was watching coverage of the 92 debate with Perot on it. And it was Bush kind of going at Russia over the Soviet Union thing and kind of hard line CIA mentality of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they just kind of changed their names. But and and Clinton being more open and. Still couched language, you know, not whatever. And Russ Pro just comes out and be like, "We got to get in there. We got to do business with these folks. We want to make mm-hmm. sure they're getting in there, and we're making them money, and they're making us money. Because if you don't, those good old boys in the KGB are going to come back and run the thing. And you look at it like from '92, and it's like, yeah, we messed with their economy, and the KGB came back. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> so everyone, when you actually go back and look at the clip, it's like. All right. This guy actually knew exactly what he was talking about and predicted mm-hmm. Putin yeah. 20 years later, uh, or 15 right. years before the time. Yeah. That was just like the best what conversation. I don't know who said it. I was watching years ago about the best way to, um, to neutralize China was to grow the economy in China and, and to, to develop a middle class of Chinese that were comfortable. Yeah. Because when you're in the middle class and you're comfortable, you don't want war. You don't want to be, be fighting. You don't want to be doing all this crazy stuff that all these hawks like to do and everything. You, you want to enjoy being comfortable and have your middle class and your kids going to school and doing better. Yeah. But, yeah. But I know it's, it's got crazy talk. You know, oh, we boy. as a nation, we got to make sure we keep that industrial military complex working. Yeah. Pretty much. And I won't get onto that. I won't get on that soapbox again. That was last week. Anyone who didn't listen, go up to yeah. last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, on thought-provoking blokes. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. All right. Thank you, Matt. You have a good day. Hopefully, you'll you won't get any more snow up there for a while. So maybe Monday they say, but well, we'll All find right. out. Yeah, we'll see. All right. All right. Have a good have one. Good day. <laughs>